0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1051 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, I'll be speaking with Karis, an adult living with type 1 diabetes who was diagnosed just after getting COVID. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you'd like to save 40% off of your sheets, your towels, and your comfortable clothing, do that at CozyEarth.com with the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. You can get your diabetes supplies the same way we do at US Med. You can get your Dexcoms with my link, your Omnipods with my link. You can get Jivo Hypopen Pen with my link. You can also learn more about Touched by Type 1, save 10% off your first month of therapy with BetterHelp, and so much more when you use Juicebox Podcast links. Those links are in the show notes of your podcast player, audio app, and at juiceboxpodcast.com. The Diabetes Pro Tip series has been remastered. It sounds fantastic, and it's right now in your audio players between episode 1000 and 1026. They are not to be missed. I promise you, they will change the way you think about diabetes. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Touchedbytype1.org and find them on Facebook and Instagram. It's not too late to get tickets for the upcoming live show, Dancing for Diabetes. Get your tickets now at Touched touchedbytype1.org. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by AG1. Drink AG onecom slash juicebox. When you get started with AG1 with my link, You'll also get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your first order at drinkag1.com juicebox.
1: Hello, my name is Karis. And if I wanted to talk to you about the link between COVID and diabetes, and I have a background in let's see, I started out in biotech, so I have a degree in microbiology. And it gets even nerdier than that. (laughs) (laughs) I became an RN for a hot minute and worked in neonatal intensive care. So I think I bond with all the like parents on your um, Facebook group because of that. Just because I've like seen parents grieving a -hmm. ton and yeah that was intense and so i burnt out and ended up going and getting a master's in public health and epidemiology and i ended up working at the cdc and centers for medicare and department of defense and all that fancy stuff and now i'm like
0: wait wait hold on carish you just you've had three lives and you're not i don't even think you're i've had three lives yeah Yeah. how how old are you
1: 48
0: okay you've done a lot so let's go slow so it sounds like there's a a bio degree as an undergrad right micro
1: right and then i did biotech so i did like
0: you worked in the industry
1: worked in the industry Mm -hmm. yeah and i actually moved to south san francisco which was like the biotech hub at the time
0: yeah i remember when my wife got a job offer out there and
1: yeah that's like like you have really made
0: it well like, yeah, we were God, like God, no thank I, the, the the housing market w- kept us right where we were we we're like no thank you
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i had a lot of really weird roommates that i found on
2: list. <laughs> yeah
0: I, we were going to move from a house to a cardboard box and somehow double our income and i was like no really right we so we stayed here okay so biotech then somewhere bio-tech, in there nursing for a yeah. minute in
1: biotech i was doing like <laughs> legal cancer research and i actually somehow by the luck of the draw got two patents out of it and like a bunch of papers and stuff so like it was weird because it's like people are like oh my god you have patents and then we get, "God, that was like a lifetime ago i forgot about
0: that. nothing happens <laughs> to this like nothing <laughs> like, happens nothing right happens. <laughs> yeah right.
1: it made it to these two clinical trials and then bonked out but that's mm-hmm. actually really good Yeah, know that's exceptional in the grand scheme of things yeah like, you know most right. things fail. Right.
0: So. But it's exceptional. It just doesn't get you a Lamborghini. That's what you're saying. Right? It
1: doesn't. No, you, you, the tradition is you get a $1 bill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, great.
2: <laughs>
0: what a, what a, what a lovely thing for your time. But you're being paid to work at the company. So that's good. So,
2: you yeah, I know, it's like
1: great memories. Yeah. Um,
0: you, yeah, and you I have, have type on one, heartache. right?
1: I have type one. I do not associate myself with Lada at all because it was completely full minute. And so like when I went when I was first diagnosed, I went on all of the Facebook groups and I'm like, these people are like talking about just restricting carbs and living their happy life and <laughs> I'm like, No
0: It wasn't working That's... for you like that? Like, no. no. You had type one. Was... So how old were you?
1: This was a year and a half ago.
0: Oh, really? Just that so short of time? Okay.
1: That short of a time, it was cr- – yeah, that's a crazy story. <laughs> so, well, I do want to get to that. That's what um, I was going to ask
0: you about. I want to hear about your diagnosis and kind um, yeah. of move forward from there.
1: Yeah. So, after I changed careers a bunch and ended up, you know, working in, like, data science with healthcare stuff – I got COVID in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, the original strain. And I don't know. Have you ever had COVID? I really
0: <laughs> so you got the year. OG COVID. I just got I ma- got the
1: OG. Yeah. I just got and p- I got Omicron.
0: Yeah. Oh, did you? You got it twice. <sighs> okay. I just got, uh, for the first time, we just got COVID.
1: Oh, it's like a bitch. Because you're like you all the you know shots and everything, but my immune system's wonky and yeah. doesn't really you know. <laughs> we
0: got we got we got what I'm calling the Paris COVID. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but my I know, love it. After you know, I mean, gosh, when when was when was it? It was fe- February March 2020, right? When everybody was sort of like mm-hmm. in February, it was like, did you guys hear the people in China are sick? Like it was like that, and yeah. then. And then suddenly we were in Florida for my son's baseball tournament for his sophomore year. And so it's the oh, be- um. it was the beginning of the collegiate baseball season. We were in Florida for, like, a 10-game series. And the news was popping, but we weren't living a real life. We were, like, in a hotel, then on a baseball field for <laughs> a whole day, then to a restaurant, <laughs> then a bar, and then a hotel, and, like, back and forth. like It went like that. But, like, halfway yeah. through the time, people, my wife was like, this is – getting serious and and yeah yeah and she and Arden flew home they were going to go home earlier than I was going to stay the whole week because I don't have a real job (laughs) I I could just just move my stuff around if I want to where my wife was like if I don't come to work they're gonna fire me so so they went home I stayed a couple more days my son got sick while we were there but not with COVID he got like a he had like a bronchial thing in his chest and then and so he had to he couldn't play the last couple of games and everyone looked at him like he was like frankenstein's monster like oh totally oh my god
2: because now
0: everybody starts paying attention and the news stories are picking up and he's like sick and they're like that kid is patient zero like so he it was hard (laughs) you know meanwhile he didn't have covid which was anyway just was bad timing right you know so we get home and yeah, it's funny. It's funny that we're talking about this today because I'll tell you why. Because we get home and we're lucky enough that my job exists in the house anyway, right? The kids, right. the kids went into that thing where they went to school from home, which was not good um, as far as how well it worked. And my wife was able to work from home, but now it's. I mean, is it almost three years later? Right? It's December now. It, we're a couple of months shy of three years since then, and. Yep. I was just downstairs half an hour ago ranting to my family. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you need to go back to the office because my wife's still working from home. And I was like, (laughs) like, I need my space. No, no, no. Beyond that. Like no one has a schedule. Like, like it's just like everybody, like I can do my job whenever. So last night at one o'clock in the morning, I was editing a podcast because I had to go pick something up in the afternoon. I was like, well, I'll go do that instead. But, time has lost meaning in and oh yeah and it's thrown everyone's sleep schedule off and oh totally that's the problem it's that no well, one and then like good oh go ahead no, no go
1: please learning, learning how to interact with people you, like if you stay at home a lot <laughs> you got to the grocery store and you're like I'm gonna talk this person zero <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God, you look like you're not crazy. Do you want to hear about what I saw today on television? Uh, you know, like, well, I mean, I'm lucky I get to keep talking to people, but, yep. but I'm telling you the biggest problem that's come from all this is that we are not rising and falling with the sun anymore and that somebody doesn't have a time uh, to totally. be somewhere and a time to be somewhere again. Like that's incredibly important, a, a schedule. Anyway, I was downstairs I was like, everyone's going to bed at this time. You're getting up at this time. And I don't care if you don't have anything to do. <laughs> like, like you know, like, because uh, my son's looking for work. So he can do that whenever, uh, yeah. right? And my daughter's home for a break. So, and I said to her, I was like, think about it. You were just at college for 10 weeks and you felt great and you were doing great. And now you're like all beat up and everything. I was like, because you're staying up till three in the morning, talking to your friends and then sleep until one o'clock in the afternoon or something. I was like, it's, it's messing you up. It's like everyone's going to sleep when the sun goes down. We're gonna be farmers, damn it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you
1: gotta you gotta be a farmer mentality. You just have to, or you gonna? I think, Karis, I'm not like, kidding.
0: I'm like, I spent the a couple minutes before I got on with you was looking for sleep experts to have on the podcast to talk to. Like, I really. We,
1: oh, I've read books. So there's like a guy that has the best book ever, and it's oh my god, like 500 pages, but it's really good. I'll send it to you when I remember his name. Thank you. I have to look it up. But it's really great i mean it's like about having a schedule and you know really sticking with it not changing it on the weekends and mm-hmm. I'm super guilty of that well, yeah. <laughs> i'll be like oh i guess i have to 1 a.m on the weekends and then i mess it all up. yeah you
0: know? no i listen i imagine like it's okay for once in a while for that to happen but like it's just it can't be good and i think it's common sense i don't think i need a sleep expert i think i just said it like go to sleep at yeah. 10 11 o'clock and wake up at seven or eight o'clock in the morning and let's go I dissolve a scoop of AG1 into a cold glass of water every morning and drink it down. And here's why. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement. It provides nutrition replenishment, gut optimization, stress management, and immune support to my body. And unlike plans that include multiple vitamins and gummies and powders, this is all just in one convenient scoop. One convenient scoop of bioavailable ingredients that my AG1 is tested for over 950 contaminants. And it's NSF certified for sport. Recommended by doctors like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman. And people who aren't neuroscientists, like me. When you use my link, drinkag1.com slash you get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your first order. So if you're tired of supplementing your energy with caffeine, or tired of standing in that aisle looking at all those powders, wondering which one of these is right, you can do what I did and drink AG1. Drinkag1.com slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. You, uh-huh. know, you know what I mean? So anyway. Oh you
1: don't know, you don't actually set your iPhone to remind you to do that? I do that. <laughs> It's like, you need to go to bed. (laughs) You need to start winding down. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to let a computer tell me what to do. Oh, wait, actually, I told it to tell me to do that. Okay, fine, I'll go
0: to bed. (laughs) Start winding down. (laughs) Shut up. Um, Anyway, listen, I don't think it's not that hard. We've all lost the basics here. Start winding down used to be let's have sex and go to sleep. (laughs) Exactly. I think
1: uh, I don't know. Yeah. And after COVID, it's just like, eh, okay. Anyway, eh, you don't yeah. want to
2: do that.
0: So back to, co- back to COVID. So we were all like, look at us. We oh, haven't, COVID
2: we've, diabetes, we've yeah. never had,
0: we've never had COVID, right? And, you know, my oh. wife, my wife has a business thing come up and she's like, you know, I have to go to France for a week. And we were like, all right, we'll see you. And, you know, she comes home. Arden's still at school. So it's just Cole mm-hmm. and I in the house. She comes home. She had a great time. Uh, got work done. Met some met some people that she's been working with for years. She's never met because of COVID, which is very nice. <laughs> oh, a couple three days later, she's home. She's like, I don't feel good. And we were like, Oh no! My son and I were like, Yo, get away! Like, you know, like
1: <laughs> you're Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> oh, we
0: yeah. Now you're the monster. We shoved her right upstairs into the bedroom, and she had COVID. And we stayed away from her. And good. you know, and we were all like, "Yeah." I mean, not good
1: for her, but like, no, good listen, for the rest of you—that's hey, totally what you have to do.
0: If it's she was like, gonna die to keep us sick, saying we were fine with that, like we just pushed, we're like, "That's it, you're done." And like, we took care you're of it. Yeah, we were like <laughs> sliding food under the door, you know, stuff like that, and. <laughs>
1: Like a prisoner.
0: Yeah, and she wasn't doing well, so she called the doctor eventually, and they gave her this drug, and they're like, oh, this is great. It knocks it right out. I forget what it was called. Everyone knows. Paxlovid.
1: Paxlovid.
0: There you go. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, like, I don't know how long it was afterwards. Day or two, she's like, I feel like a million bucks. And I was like, get out of here. I was like, do not come out of that room. And then- (laughs) No one cares. Stay in there. But then she she tested negative for so many days in a row that it started seeming silly to, like, use the test. And we're like, all right, you can come back out now. And, <laughs> and like, two days she's like, later, she's downstairs working around all of us. And she goes, I don't feel good again.
1: Oh, no, she got the rebound. Uh,
0: yeah, so it didn't just rebound to her. It got all of us because we were around her. <laughs> oh
1: that's horrible. You needed all that
2: work.
0: Oh, my God. Isolate. And, and it was... Oh, Listen, it didn't kill me, obviously. So, I'm good. But it was unpleasant for a long time. I would tell you that mm. um, because the three of us got sick at once, we were sick for two solid months. Because the COVID yeah. turned into bronchitis.
1: Exactly. You know? And that it would attacks everything in your body. Like, everything. It messes everything up. Mm. It's like... I don't even know it's going to happen long term to the like burden on the healthcare system for all the things that it's done you know yeah. like
0: no I mean it was totally
1: it, think it, about that I,
0: I never took COVID not seriously I always took it as seriously yeah. as I thought I as as warranted and we were careful and did things and separated we did everything that you know people said to do and, mm-hmm. and there were also times that during the summer like my son played baseball like through COVID but out. Yeah. But I took seriously the idea that people were like, there doesn't seem to be any transmission outdoors. So we were outdoors. We still right. all sort of stayed away from each other. The boys, yeah. of course, were in a dugout. But even they kind of spread out a little bit. And no lie, mm-hmm. like in, in the year 2020, Cole played a full season in the summer in a collegiate league. Wow. And one kid, there was like 20 teams, one kid got COVID. And that was it. That's amazing. And, and, and then it never got through anybody. But then once it got cold, we went back inside. We were, of course, like, we kind of went. Back. Anyway, I, I treated it seriously. I took it seriously. Mm-hmm. And three years later, when everybody's like, ah, it's nothing now. Like, getting a cold. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did, not in France, apparently. <laughs> 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 the Paris COVID was nasty. <laughs> so, anyway.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the French. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you got, but you got OG right away COVID, which must have been scary as hell, right?
1: I got OG COVID, and here's the crazy thing. So, I like with my background. That's why I told my background. It's not to show off. It's just to be like, okay, this is why it freaked me out so bad. Mm-hmm. Because let's see, in December of 2019, my son was like, you know, he doom scrolls a lot. <laughs> so okay, like. this COVID thing, it's going to be real bad. And I'm like, no, I used to work at the CDC. Totally. We got this. We got this. Don't worry. And then like a month later, (laughs) it was like they all started dispersing out of China. And I'm like, Oh, global travel. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I will not call it the Chinese flu that makes me so mad or the China virus. It, you know, it could have happened anywhere. Yeah. And it just so happened to be there, you know? Coincidentally.
0: no, hundred well, percent. Or
1: coincidentally, yeah. like, yeah. So that's my little side thing with that. I'm sorry. What were you gonna
0: say? No, just that my because of what my wife does for a living, she uh-huh. she had been aware of it for a while, and she's like, I'm telling you, like, there's a virus in China, and it's like, it's good. My my wife was the first person to tell me before I heard it on the news or anything else. She said to my me, "My son told me." Yeah. She told me about it. She told me what it was. And she said a year, f- she said at some point, she didn't say in a year, she said at some mm-hmm. point, everyone on the planet is going to have had this virus. And yeah, when she said that, that's... I was like, you're out of your mind. And she goes, no, no, this is what's going to happen. I was like, okay.
1: Yeah. It, it took me like till probably February of 2020 to like accept that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because when I was working at the CDC, Ebola came out. And so I got to hear all that craziness. And, you know, and because of that, how well they handled Ebola, I was like, oh, it'll totally be okay. Mm. It's going to last a really long time and affect a lot of people. But, like, there's a whole structure in place for this. Like, people like me are trained for this. We trained our whole lives for this. They didn't end up using people like me to help with it. But... (laughs) (laughs) That's another story. (laughs) So in March, I started having symptoms and it was so weird because, you know, I had to be my own nurse. And then I telehealth my doctor and I was like, I think I have COVID. But then they were like, we're not, well, we don't have a test. You know, it's not reliable yet. And that was when they like recalled the test and... It's like, you probably have it based on your symptoms, you know, and you also have Crohn's disease. So, like, just watch it, you know, just stay at home, isolate, all that. And I'm like the master of quarantine. So I did the, you know, stay in my bedroom and have food (laughs) shoved under the (laughs) the door thing. And when I talked to my doctor, it was the craziest thing because he's like, Karis, I don't know really much about COVID. I'm just going to be honest. This is why I love my doctor. He's like been my doctor for 13 years. And he's like, you actually know more about this than me. I'm just going to be honest with you. So what you need to do is you need to call your friends and you need to find out what this is. And I know that you have that like, you know, investigative nature about you where you can figure this out. And then you call me and you tell me what I should do. It's like, because like all the drugs right now, they're not working. And, you know, we're doing things that aren't working. And so this is back, you know,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: in the very beginning. And I ended up contacting my friends at um, CDC and I'm like, "Uh, I'm positive. And they're like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, why'd you say oh, shit? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and and then I started like telling them all my symptoms, and they're like, "Oh, keep going. We're writing this down, you know." And then they're like talking to all the doctors, and so I had like my own little <laughs> medical team.
0: You had a COVID of, geek squad.
1: I had a COVID geek squad. It yeah, was so
2: yeah, funny. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, and I could just call and be like, "My arms have all these like purple spots on it," you know, which is like really
2: bad
0: (laughs) did you i mean being that early on and and having connections to people who you would think would have the highest level of you know information available and they're telling you like i don't know you tell me what's happening like that's not comforting i imagine that's not comforting
1: no and then and then to be a nurse and know what the symptoms are and be like i can't feel my feet like you know or like uh, my brain is not working right like this is not a normal virus like mm-hmm. this is affecting my central nervous system right and and that was before they said you know across covid can cross the blood brain barrier and all that you know like we had no idea but i was just telling them like what my symptoms were because i'm like hey you know like i can tell you what it's like <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: so i felt like a science experiment it was funny I don't know. It was just weird, and I got better and didn't get anybody else sick, which is great. I'm so proud of myself for that. <laughs>
0: did, you, did they give you anything? Did they give you anything back then, or was it just like hydrate, rest, stay away from people?
1: Hi- hydrate, rest, lock yourself up. You mm-hmm. cannot come to the ER. Do you not like? It was just total lockdown. Like you are. On your own, you can tell a healthier doctor that's the best you can do. And I was like,
2: yeah, I'm not okay with that.
0: (laughs) No, right. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, it's not fun to be the first person to have something like that, like, with no answers. Even, by the way, you know how often we go to the doctor... And the doctor gives you an answer and you leave. And you're like, oh, this is good. I feel like the guy with the lady in the coat, she told me the thing. And the, and you're uh-huh. walking away. And the doctor, Yeah, and the doctor's like, I don't know if that's right or not. <laughs> you know, So it's it, well, still yeah. just people. And that's you know? my relationship with
1: my doctor. I mean, yeah. we have a very funny relationship. Like, we joke all the time. and It's, like, just awesome. He's been my biggest advocate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then I found out, like, the whole <laughs> infrastructure was falling apart which i knew would happen anyways because i studied abroad in like barbados in cuba and studied their healthcare system and got to compare it to ours and it was just fascinating like how much money we spend and how poor our outcomes are and you can fact check this you know and look and see like we're 27th or something in the world by the WHO metrics you know like our maternal mortality rate is horrible you know infant mortality rate Mm -hmm. horrible there's a thing where they call it you know it's not healthcare it's sick care Right. so yeah I mean that's just heartening but you know we also have incredible technology that can keep people alive for like ever I swear
0: (laughs) you know we we live in a we live in a fairly quiet time in history. Well, we did, right? So yeah, your your post World War II until I mean, honestly, maybe I mean, I guess you could argue this, but nine eleven, maybe in that it was. I was going to say nine right? eleven. Yeah, like post post World War. <laughs> II, I was just like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, post World War II to nine eleven, everyone in America who's you know has a. Has a job of any kind is living a, a life better than most people have ever lived on the planet. And even our poor, Never, yeah. you know, even our poor people are living sometimes in conditions better than what you find in other places in the world. And so, like, oh, yeah. so when the 50s turn into the 60s, I mean, think about it. When you think about it, the 50s are like, sock hops and this kind of thing. And the 60s are like peace and love and the 70s are like, yeah, hey, some drugs to go with that peace and love. and, so, and
1: no, no, you know. 70s was all like crazy fashion and yeah. leisure suits
0: and disco. And, 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 I mean, it's the worst thing that happened <laughs> in the 80s. Uh, a, a plane got hijacked and You know, oil Uh prices went up a little bit, right? That's it. And then, I mean, we started picking Mm -hmm. wars again because we are like, this is boring. We should blow up the Falkland. We're bored.
1: We're in a Cold War.
0: Well, uh, you know. Let's figure out what the Falkland Islands are and shoot at them. Like like, like it got like that, you know? (laughs) And and then the 90s are, you know, it's prosperity and everybody's making money and blah, blah, blah. And then 9-11 happens. So there's generations of people who think that that's what the world is. Fashion and music oh, yeah. and happy and like blah 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 and then all of a sudden, nine eleven smacks you in the face and you go, oh, we are all balancing on the head of a pin here. I don't know how we kept it going like this for so long, and, and then right. and then then COVID happens and you realize that most of society is smoke and mirrors, and it's, <laughs> and it's.
1: So great, yeah. it's
0: like and it's easy all
1: an illusion. Yeah, it's right? easy
0: to pretend that you know what you're doing when there's nothing to do, and then suddenly yeah. you get tasked with something and you find out that people, you know, like listen, how many people do you think you worked with who quietly in their car in the morning before they get out and come into the office think I don't know what I'm doing? Someone's going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Go in there, like you oh, know what I, I mean? A
1: lot had imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Like.
0: Well, I battled a, that myself,
1: totally, yeah. for
0: a long time. But it's also not just a syndrome. It's that you're living in a comfortable right. time. Like, I mean, listen, it, it, like, like I guess yeah. I could go to ROTC as a high school student and think, like, I know what to do. But if you then put me in a time machine and drop me in Vietnam in the middle of the war, you might find out I'm not the fighting machine you thought I was. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
1: you're just gonna be like i I don't belong here until
0: until until people get tested you don't know really what they have and i think we went a lot of generations where people were not really tested to the level that history has sometimes tested us to and now here we are oh yeah you know so anyway this is like
1: pushed to the max i think so i'm surprised how well we've done actually because I'm an optimist.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I, Have to be. Yeah, I agree with you, too. But I'm saying that in that moment when you are talking about, everyone was like, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't, like, this isn't me yeah. playing a video game. Like, this is happening, you, you, you know.
1: Yeah, like, like so. it, this is real. Like, it's, it's about ready to go down. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, and then I was working, you know, in the three-letter companies, <laughs> agencies, and... So, like, I knew what programs were getting shut down and what weren't. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work if they shut down, say, USAMRID, for example. That's, like, the military version of the CDC. Mm-hmm. So that got shut down. It's now partly back backup, but they're the ones that are supposed to do all the stuff in the movies where, you know, like, they come in with the National Guard and, you know, wear the biohazard suit and all that. That's not the CDC. That's USAMRID. Okay the pandemic response team got shut down. It's now back up, but all those things, the whole infrastructure was shut down and I'm not going to even get into politics and why, but that's what happened. And it just made the whole entire system crumble. So how it's supposed to work is the CDC is a government agency. They have to get invited into the States. They cannot just come storming in. Mm -hmm. So it's supposed to start at the County level, and then go up to the state level. And then the state goes, Oh, let's call in the experts from the CDC and figure out what do we do. That didn't happen.
0: Does it not happen because people don't know that it's supposed to happen? Like if somebody No, the- people people knew. Oh, okay. People knew okay. it
1: absolutely was supposed to This is just like I think everybody was just like in shock. And maybe there are some politics, who knows? I don't know. I think it's just like so overwhelming. People were like,
2: ah, yeah. <laughs> what do we do? No, you know,
1: and, and like all of us epidemiologists were like dude, talk to me. And like, I talked to a recruiting agent um, and she said there was a hiring freeze for epidemiologists, <laughs> which is like, what the hell? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, it was just like so many series of choices that were made and it's not one person's fault. You know, it's just collectively as a society, we made some decisions that totally crumbled our health infrastructure. Well- and. You know, I could see the holes or the cracks in the system before, and and when I talk about it, people were like, "You're crazy," and I'm like, "Okay, fine." Well, and then it well, happened, and they're like,
2: "How long is this gonna last? Oh my god, what
1: do
0: you know?" Maybe she knows <laughs> and, and something. Went, yeah, well, oh yeah, maybe
2: she does. Maybe she actually does something. Like,
0: well, that was really my that was kind of my bigger point about my my long story that I told, but which is that you know, right? It, it, there's a running back on your team. And he's the guy, mm-hmm. right? He's the one. He gets right. hurt. Then there's a second guy and he gets hurt. Now, suddenly you're looking at the kid you didn't even want to have be on the team. He hasn't been tested. Yeah. And now you're telling yeah. him you're starting. And I think we were in that situation. Like things just went along so Absolutely. easily for so – even like some of the other big health crises in the world, you know, that you go back over. My wife was throwing them at me the other day, right? Um, I, I, mm-hmm. you know, None of them were popping into my head. But they, a lot of them were offshore, like they weren't happening mm-hmm. here and they were dying out over there and you don't think of it that way
1: SARS that's the one
0: Right right mm-hmm. yeah you don't like to think of you don't like to think that an invisible thing can just appear and start killing people and the way that it really yeah. sometimes stops is it just kills all the people it's going to and then it kind of it, then it's gone it burns itself out when you hear burns itself right. out your mind doesn't cognitively think of burning itself out as killing all the people it can before it dies. And like, you know, like, cause that's sort of what's happening. Uh, Oh, it is.
1: And and it's just mind boggling to think that this tiny, tiny little thing, like nanometers big can kill hundreds of millions of people. Like Mm -hmm. that just blows my mind. And, you know, I don't want to rag on the, U.S. healthcare system at all you know because it happened all over the world like everybody like every country was like Whoa, what do we do yeah sure you know i mean so that was kind of a global phenomenon but yeah it was just weird to navigate it as a patient you know yeah. and then to be a patient that's also a, a nurse and an epidemiologist and scientist because i'm weird like i knew too much you know and it was really scary yeah <laughs>
0: I was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson recently, and I think it was him. Did you really? I, well, I was th- I was listening to him somewhere, and he said something like, if you took a, 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 like a, a cross-section of your colon, I think this is what he said. Please, don't hold <laughs> me to any of the, the salient details of this. But somewhere in your digestive tract, he's like, if you just biopsied this tiny little bit, there'd be more yeah. bacteria in there, I think he mm-hmm. said, than all the people who have ever lived on the planet combined like so th-
1: oh i've heard them say that yeah right. and then that insane
0: well and then and then like,
1: like you're not you you're your microbiome yeah
0: so you are basically a planet for other living things
1: yeah yeah and that, That's and th- like just mess with your
2: brain and
0: then you start doing the pullout. like you think of that as the micro look and then you start pulling out and you realize yeah. right there's there's things living on your skin that are eating like your dead skin and stuff like that and and you oh, yeah. and you pull back again and you pull back again i think the point he made was that we almost don't have the ability to pull back far enough to see our place but that mm. you know what i mean that you're a bug on this planet and there are bugs living oh, yeah. in you and 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 this planet might be a you know like and he started talking about that whole big idea that that you you know earth could just be an atom inside of like a bigger structure and and i guess technically is like if you think about space and it's and, so, oh, yeah. and so i started thinking about like somewhere inside of me there's blood f- like pooling and flowing right and there's an, right. there's there's an atom in there of something right? there's a, there's this there's a cell and and <laughs> that cell can't see other cells it's too far away from them and even though in my mm-hmm. measurement that distance might be a centimeter how far is the measurement between earth and the moon if we are just floating in the blood flow of something else? And I started thinking about it. I was like, oh my God. Oh, I was like, I'm going to stop. Like
1: totally Cartesian philosophy. <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'm just like, that's
0: <laughs> enough of this, right? Neil grass, <laughs> Like, and
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I just went down the
0: road. Who, <laughs> and DeGrasse, like, seriously, like, who, who, where's that name come from? But that's no big deal. Okay. So, um, so, like, so, so when you think about that and then you apply that idea to like, like catastrophic illness, the, mm-hmm. you care about you. Right. I care about me. My kids care about me. If I die, it'll be a struggle to other people. But then you, right. you know, you get outside of my house and you go two two houses down. They're not going to, their life's not going to change if I die. And I know that because two houses down, some guy died. I've never met before and my life didn't change. And, and so it's hard to remember that the virus doesn't know that the virus doesn't doesn't discriminate. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, exactly. So anyway, it's freaking scary is my point. Um,
1: what? it's freaking scary and and i do think that people would notice if you died because you know you have a whole group of people whose
0: i'm a bad lied, example you've helped, <laughs> okay you well, know? i'm a bad example but you know what i mean <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> if i died i'd be like yeah. oh well okay, she's a, not gonna cure cancer or whatever there's you know. <laughs> a lady
0: across the street who uh if she goes i she's gonna know and the i think her nephew lives with him and then beyond that like she's probably yeah. outlived her friend circle. and I, you, you get my point. My point is the virus doesn't totally. care that people love you. And so you, you get into that situation where it's just in your own head, it's frightening. It's an invisible invader. You don't like,
2: Ooh, you know I like what I that.
0: mean? It's terrible. So, okay. But then it gets worse. If after you have COVID, what happens next?
2: So
1: I just had all this weird things happen. Like I had four toenails fall off. Like,
0: I think I'm going to be in an
1: After Dark episode. <laughs> just, I got to tell you, that's I one of the... Like, the kids are going to be like, my channel is going to fall off,
0: oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, after 800 episodes, that's one of the shocking things that anybody's ever said to me. Like, I tightened up inside when you said it. I was like, oh god, no. Alright, okay, go ahead. I
2: know, right? I know. Can I ask no, a question? Was,
0: On the same foot?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it was different feet.
2: It was different feet?
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then I had to, like, paint it with toenail polish because i like, to cover this up because I look like Frankenstein's monster.
0: Wait, so you were painting the hard skin underneath of, yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever lost a nail before, but it's kind of, it's rocky under there.
1: It's rocky under there. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So you would paint that? I
1: would paint it. <laughs> that, that's how, like, how much I was trying to deny what was happening to me and have, like, a feeling of control, okay. I guess. Okay. Because I felt out of control. I was like, I I can't control this. Like, it's just happening and there's nothing I can do about it. And so I have to just go through it. Okay. And it was just wild. Like, I didn't even take days off work because I work from home. So I was just like, okay, if I lay in bed all day, I'm going to get pneumonia. It's going to get worse. And then I'm going to get blood clots. It's going to get worse. So the best thing I can do is try to stay active. Right. And by active, I mean walking from my bedroom to my office.
2: <laughs>
1: but, you know, when you go to the hospital, the nurses are always like, you have to get up and walk. And you're like, dude, I just had surgery. Are you insane and heartless? It's so you don't get pneumonia and blood clots. Sure. So, yeah, I I worked just kind of then at night. Would I think I did that because I needed to distract myself from, like, impending sense of doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, that was wild. Just the symptoms were crazy.
0: How so, long How long after this, though, do you... Does, does Omicron come first or does diabetes come first?
1: So diabetes comes... So it was OG and then about a year later, diabetes. And then Omicron, which completely wiped out honeymoon period. And you're going to think I'm crazy, but you've had a guest before talk about this where... He felt like his pancreas had like pain okay. and was being attacked. It felt like that. I had pain, like epigastric pain is right there. Mm-hmm. And I had that when I got Omicron. And then it was like insulin needs totally changed. <laughs> Here's another curveball. And I'd gotten five shots by then, but it didn't work for Omicron. So that was funny. Um <laughs> That was funny.
2: That
1: was <laughs> That was funny. So my diagnosis story is actually hilarious. So, um well, if you have the gala's sense of humor, which I do. So <laughs> if you can't tell by now, it's like how I cope with sad things, I guess. So I went to, well, first of all, my daughter was like, you know, competitive gymnast. And then <laughs> all I could imagine was like the girls on the balance beam like just throwing snot at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, well this is gonna work. And, and they'd be like, oh, we put masks on, you know, in between. And I'm like, oh, like, if you're not sanitizing the bar and you're not making everybody like, no, it's just like, we're done. Right. Um, and that was really hard because she's really good. And so we got her into the whole equestrian lifestyle and bought her a pony and, my mom was like, okay, we're going to take her, you know, you have to drive all over the freaking country to do the equestrian lifestyle. It, it's like the most expensive sport. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> My mom bought like a camper van so I could just drive around because it's got its own bathroom and it's like a giant quarantine mobile, right? Mm-hmm. So I called it Vandemic Life.
0: <laughs> what, did you, what did you call it?
1: Vandemic life. Vandemic? <laughs> Vandemic. You know, they, have van, they have van life. And I, I, I heard yeah, it. I,
0: I, I didn't hear so, you yeah. pointed first. I, I got it the second time. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like funny. So, like, every weekend we were living out of the van and one of her meets were in like San Diego or something. And I live, you know, like in the middle of the country. So, well, a little west. Mm hmm. When I was driving back, I started getting really, really tired. And it was like, huh, okay. You know, I always get tired, you know.
2: Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's, you know, parenthood, right? And, you know, working yourself to death and all that. And I have Crohn's and that makes me tired and whatever. And then I ended up pulling into like a propane station to refill the propane tank. And I hit the little pylon concrete. What are they called? Are they pylons? You know the little things cones? that like protect you from cones. Kind of like cones, but they're concrete.
0: Concrete like, cones. to protect. Oh, but, to oh.
1: protect the propane tank from people crashing into it and then like you know, blazing up. Yeah. In an awful mess. Right. So I was pulling in and I scraped the right side of this beautiful camper van. And I was like, "That's not right." Like Van That's, really like,
0: that's Van McGaddin. You know what I mean? That's
1: Van <laughs> exactly. It was horrible. Oh, so and I'm like, "Huh, that's really off." And in San Diego, I had one drink, just one drink, and I was slurring my words like real bad. Okay. And that's weird because, like, I can handle a drink.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> and I get home. After, like, it took forever to get home because I was like, oh, I got to stop and take a nap because that's the safest thing to do. And, you know, my kids are like, cool, we'll just like go on the Wi Fi and entertain ourselves. And, you know,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, thank God I did that. And then I got home and I'm cleaning out the van. And my mom calls me and she's, she had been in San Diego with us. She called me and she's like, I'm taking you to the hospital. And I'm like, for what? And she's like, something's not right. It's just not right. I'm taking you, like, now and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna take a shower because I know that when you go to the hospital, you don't get to bathe for like days. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're going right now. And I was like, what? I don't even like, I'm fine. I'm cleaning up the van and everything. Like, this is how deeply in denial I was. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one more thing happened. This was funny. On the way um, back, I drove through Vegas and I drove past the Bellagio. <laughs> the line was really really long to turn and i was like oh my god i have to go to the bathroom really bad and so i just put the car and park and the hazards on and ran to the bathroom in the van
0: wait you just abandoned I, your van in front of the bellagio and then ran into the hotel
1: no it oh. has a the van has a bathroom
0: oh that's it, i don't know why that's like, funnier you know, <laughs> but okay
1: <laughs> it's it's funnier
0: yeah
1: like Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this like I didn't quite make it. (laughs) So my kids are horrified. You know, and they're just like, What is wrong with you? So that was one of the things that made my mom go, Ah. So anyhow, I get to the ER and it was about two hours. And they were like, We don't know what's wrong with you. And then they finally started looking at glucose, because that's just something that they do, you know. Mm -hmm. And You know, they were like, if this is like some weird shit, man, we don't know what's going on. And (laughs) finally, they looked at the glucose and it was like 655.
0: Wow. Was that on your radar at all? Having, because you had Crohn's. Crohn's is autoimmune, right?
1: Crohn's is autoimmune. And then I take a biological immunosuppressive drug. So I take that shot every eight weeks. And that just like shuts down your immune system. So you don't attack yourself. Right. But I did.
0: <laughs> just did it anyway. <laughs> so, so, okay. So now you're laying there. They- so now
1: I'm like laying there in the ER, yeah. and the doctor is just the kindest guy, and he's just like really puzzled, you know, just like what, the, like what is going on? I got to fix this. They gave me an MRI of my brain because I had a headache mm-hmm. because I had cerebral edema, which took three months to resolve. Mm. So I was kind of like. Story from Finding Nemo.
0: So you think that's how you ran into the the, the concrete barrier and like like uh-huh. you, and why you were just off in general.
1: And yeah. I lost my vision, so Wait. that's part of the thing. But that didn't happen until the next day after I was admitted to the ICU.
0: You lost your vision in the ICU? Hmm.
1: Uh,
0: that could not have been fun. Okay, so you that
1: was that was so not fun. So like the the ER doctor comes back and he's like, he pulled his mask down. But you know, I had cerebral edema, so I could have made that up. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I <think this laughs> so pulled his mask, in, and he's like, "Oh my god, I am so sorry. You are becoming diabetic, and I don't think this is type 2. And I'm just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, they say the patients can only hear five percent of what doctors tell them, and it's really true because it just became wah 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 wah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you-
0: like, stunning right i'm like
1: "Ah, i don't have diabetes i just have like a uti or something you know and i'm drinking a lot of water because i was driving through like the desert you know
0: yeah or not you
1: know (laughs) or not and you know
0: did your mom ever tell you in retrospect what made her call you
1: she had a feeling
0: yeah that's it huh just you didn't seem right there it's interesting
1: yeah it was the it was the one drink and i was like, like like super alcoholic sounding slurring you know <laughs> yeah,
2: just, it just <laughs> like shut, it shut
0: you off that one drink
1: it's interesting. that one drink just boom
0: so now okay so how do you start managing diabetes like like are you in the hospital for long they send you right back out again
1: oh no so i go to the icu and they're like i just said you to the icu because you know we have to do iv regular insulin right mm-hmm. and i'm like okay cool can i walk I and mean, we're like, no <laughs> You're really sick. Like my A1C was thirteen point eight. Oh wow. Yeah, it's I mean, it impressive. But yeah. it's but what's even crazier was like my labs when they looked at the whole like pH and carbon dioxide and all that. I mean it was just extremely like you know, they show the normal zone of where you're supposed to be and like everything was out of whack yeah and that's the first time that's ever happened to me and it's sitting there looking at my phone going is that me or is that like another patient and they mixed up my record isn't it <laughs> like
0: isn't it fascinating i i find it really just impressive how out of whack everything can be and you're still alive like seriously you're still just yeah. keep going it's yeah. really amazing you know
1: yeah didn't you have like a thing where you were oh, I forgot which my iron it was.
0: was so low at one point
1: iron right yes, that's what it was that i and like you just kept going i just
0: kept i kept going i was like it, it affected my personality and my ability to rest mm-hmm. sleep like i was a mess but i could focus well, i guarantee you that there are 50 70 episodes of this podcast that i recorded with my iron like my fart and level at like 11 and like oh wow and, and so badly that if i stood up and then tried to bend down to the floor, I would have just kept going. But, but yep. I could pull it together for short bursts of time. And even, like, yep. I did it during, when I had COVID, I did it. Like, you're going to hear, well, at this point, the way the podcast goes up, six months ago, when somebody's listening to this, <laughs> there's a handful of episodes of the podcast that you heard. You'll never know I was sick during. But I was wow. I was sitting here, like, either wrapped in a blanket or half naked because of my fever. <laughs> And,
2: <laughs>
1: you're just like uh, yeah. and, 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 and it, you'll never cool. see
0: that there's a whiteboard in front of me that I would sit down and I would just take with a marker and I would write focus on it and then I just oh, I'd smart. just look at it while I was recording and I don't think you'll mm-hmm. I don't think you'll ever hear it, but I was like devastatingly sick so oh yeah if you hear the um one of them I can point you to for sure is there's an episode I did along with the company for Givoke hypopen. Mm-hmm. I was sweating during that, like I was kicking heroin. And, oh, like, and it, was, it was rolling off of me in sheets. And I was just, and I, that's a good episode because I listened back to it after I was sick.
2: Now I got to listen to
0: it. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I pulled that off. <laughs> so, anyway, I, so I take your point, but, but it's just, it's interesting that you, you can see all these labs and they're all so far out of range and you're having all these problems. You, you know, the, the thing you talked about in your, you know, your brain, your, your, you're experiencing symptoms there and mm-hmm. still, still, you were cleaning out the van. You know what I mean? Like,
1: still, so I'm cleaning up the van. I'm sure, sure you would have died I, I in a week or something. Clean up the van or it's going to stink. You yeah, know,
0: yeah. like your A1C is right? 13. Like you were going to go down eventually. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's ama- oh, yeah. it's amazing that you could, uh, that any of us could. So I, I'm sorry. I yeah. It's
1: like, there's the scene in medicine and I love it. Denial ain't a river in Egypt.
0: <laughs> well, well, you know what else it makes me think of. It's just—it's going to feel disjointed for a second, but that's okay. You ever been in the mall or out somewhere and you see a kid who's got Down syndrome, but he's forty years old, and his mother's yeah. like ninety, and she's still taking care of him, and oh, yeah. and you think to yourself, like that woman is willing herself to stay alive for that kid. You, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. That is
0: not an uncommon thing for parents of of chronically Mm -mm. ill children to stay alive a really long time. And and there's gotta be something to that. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it's just like you will yourself to go on, you know?
0: Yeah. I don't know how that happens technically speaking, but it it just seems true. I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. with my iron that low, I, listen doctors say things all the time like I don't know how you're standing and everything but my doctor Yeah, right. He, yeah. My doctor was a <laughs> hematologist and he's like, "Dude, are you okay?" <laughs> and I was like, he's like, I'm like, I'm all right and he goes, "You're not all right." And, but yet I was still up in the middle of the night taking care of Arden during that. You know what I mean?
1: Of course, because you have to.
0: Yeah. So, it's just I don't know, there's people have a lot of we have a lot of ceiling that we don't use sometimes.
1: Yeah, and and I almost feel like it's if you're a good parent or a decent parent, you come to the realization. Maybe it takes a few years after your kids are born, but you go, "Oh, it's not about me anymore. It's about them."
0: Yeah, you're a resource all of a sudden. Does that make huh? f- You're a resource. You become a resource, and I mean that like yeah, you're the, a resource. Yeah, 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 like in the in the you know oil like like sense. Yeah. Like I mean, you're a you're an intellectual resource as well. But but basically, if you think totally. about you know there's the mother and then baby and the baby's you know it's sucking off of you getting what it needs while it's growing and even though it comes out and you right. cut the cord it doesn't stop really you, it doesn't you, stop. yeah so i mean this morning you and i are recording at noon 11:25 arden's like would you make pancakes for me <laughs> And I said, well, I have to rec- – You have
1: to make her pancakes. I, I can't re- be the reason you don't.
0: Well, I'm like, well, I'm recording at noon. She goes, yeah, I know. I said, all right, well, like, let's get downstairs and, like, hustle and we'll do it together. And by the time she comes <laughs> down, I'm almost finished, you know? And, and I'm yeah. like and, – and and it's not it's not apples to apples, but it is – it's not, she's not lazy. Like, you know what I mean? She can make her own food, but she asked me to – No, too. she
1: well, – like, you're a good chef, right? Hey. Like, I've listened to enough of your podcast. And so I think,
0: and I think make to amazing myself – I don't know about you, but what I think is like, I wonder how many more times I'll get the maker pancakes, like before she moves out or something like that. So I want to do it, uh-huh. but you don't think of it as uh-huh. you're giving of yourself a little bit. No. They're killing yeah. you real slow. Real slow. You're
2: just like really slow. Yeah.
0: Just, they, <laughs> I'm like, fading away. Just pulling it from you Yeah, and then slow.
1: they get older and you start to reclaim
0: yourself, but Yeah. It, I might just give up.
1: I don't know,
0: man. <laughs> when they get old, I might just sit down and go. I just see how long I can last sitting in this chair. I am very tired. <laughs> I can tell you that much. But any anyway, uh, right? I I I I got up last night out of bed for something. Somebody just left the light on in the hallway, and I got up. And as I'm getting up, I said to my wife, "I was like, I'm done with this." <laughs> she goes, "What?" I'm like being responsible for other people. I'm very close to being done with this. And so, yeah. Uh, Anyway, okay. So yeah,
1: you must carry like a really heavy weight though, because you care about your listeners. So I imagine that—that's like I don't know. I guess the only thing I could compare it to is—is is, like having been a nurse and feeling responsible for other people's health, mm-hmm. and it's a really heavy burden to carry.
0: Yeah, I, there is, a so tom- is it ever I would,
1: like that for you. Yeah,
0: it got bad a couple of years ago, and mm. I recognized. I said to myself basically like you, I have to let go of this to some level or I won't be able to right. keep making the podcast because the one thing that I, I am, I'm very careful to do is I read everyone's correspondence and I respond amazing. And, and I respond to it. It sometimes it takes me a couple of months, but I definitely, I answer mm-hmm. people and every day I go through the, the Facebook page and my messages for people who are sharing their successes with me or asking questions because that, mm-hmm. that seems like, that seems very important. And you read, and I read everything. And there are times that people, like, I'm looking at one now. There's a, a lovely woman that's been on the show before. And she wants to come back on now because she's now dealing with breast cancer on top of everything else. And she and she's, oh. she thinks she's got something to share with people. And I agree with her. But, I mean, listen, I don't have breast cancer. But I still <laughs> I still read her note about it. And it's hard to read. And then, you know what I mean? like Oh, yeah. And, and that's one thing. So you think that's not bad. I also, if I scroll down one, the next note is from a guy whose brother passed away and this happened and he wants to share this on the mm-hmm. podcast. And then you scroll two more and this person has a problem and you scroll. And it's so everybody who contacts me has, like, stuff going on. And so.
1: Oh, yeah. You know and it's I mean? like the worst thing in the world that's happened to them. And they're just reaching out because they're in pain. Right.
0: And then so I process it. I I, I don't uh-huh. take it into the level, obviously, of, the, of their burden. But I process it and then
2: yeah.
0: I feel it for a little while. And you're like, oh, God, she's got breast cancer. And, you know.
1: Oh, you're an empath. I'm an empath. That's like so, a blessing and a curse. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs>
0: but but also there was a moment where it was going to kill me. And I was like, I have, uh-huh. to stop, I have to stop doing this to this degree. So, I don't, like, yeah, I found a way to read it, understand it, but I I don't, I don't, I don't know, it's like, I don't put a face to it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway.
1: I know, I've seen people, like, on the Facebook site say, I want to kill myself, like, I could just take insulin, and I'm like okay, five ten 10 years ago, I would have reached out to that person and DM them and be like, are you okay? Do you have a plan? You know, like, these are all the things you're supposed to do as a nurse. I was like, okay, I'm just going to report it to Facebook and I'm going to be okay with that. But like, I've at least reported it so that it is taken care of by a team that is meant to handle that. And mm-hmm. I'm not taking it on as my own responsibility to fix them because the truth is that you can't fix them. Yeah. You know, and you want to and you want to say something that is soothing and will help them, but every time you do that, you just lose a little piece of yourself if you're not careful. There's so
0: there's two so, different ways to think about it too, which is interesting, which is you can't spend there there's an a never-ending supply of people who are in that person's situation, right? Yep. So you never ending. Right. You can't make it your burden to find all of them and to respond to all of them. Because once you respond, by the way, you're involved now.
2: Oh yeah. You're late.
0: Yeah. Boom. You have no idea how many people you've heard on this podcast who stay in contact with me. Like, so like, I, I, I know how people are doing. And even in little ways, the one that I always think of as an example is in one of the after darks, Jonathan, who was a young guy with bipolar, and if he's listening i hope he's okay but he'll message I me I listen
1: to that one. yeah he'll
0: message me like every 6 months and it uh-huh. just says something like hey i'm doing well but if i respond Good. but if i respond to him he won't respond back and now no, th- that's
1: well my mm-hmm. and, and but that
0: and that's hard on but listen again i'm not i'm not comparing his situation with mine but that's hard for me and then it he, is. and he's one of many people and so i don't want them to stop but I also had to find a way to go, okay, well, I hope Jonathan's okay, but I can't sit here and worry about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I
1: ended up getting, like, a life coach for how to deal with that because, I mean, since I'm, like, so empathic and want to help people, it's, like, my mission in life is to help people, it just became such a burden that I was like, man, I got to come up with, like, a ritual to, I don't know, (laughs) like, get that bad juju off of me (laughs) afterwards. I just, stopped. So I learned a lot of things to, um, a lot of tools to do that. And it really helped. So,
2: yeah,
0: it's a human thing, right? Like it just, it's just, it, it, yeah, yeah, I just talked about it yesterday in a, I gave a talk yesterday uh, to someone and I told them that one of the things that you had, I had to get past was the feeling that I was responsible for everybody because right. you make, you make this thing like, you have to imagine, I make the podcast, like, I have expectations that I hope it'll do what I think it's going to do, but I have no way to know Oh, God, it, did you right? ever
1: think it was going to explode
2: like it right. has?
1: Right,
0: yeah, there's no way to know that. And then and then you start getting back from people, oh, this is helping me, and this is how it's helping me, and then you think, well, if it helped them, if I could reach 10 people, it would help 10 people, and then you do that, Yeah. right? And then you're like, oh, I've reached 10 people, I should get to 100, and then a hundred becomes a thousand. A thousand becomes ten thousand. Ten thousand. It's like I wonder if I get to a hundred thousand. And then when you get to a hundred thousand, you start thinking and like, well, I wonder if I can get a million downloads. And then you get that, and you're like, yeah. I wonder if I get two million, and then five million, and then ten. And like, I'm almost at ten now. And no, oh, I
1: thought it was five. Wow. No, I'm 10. At ten
0: million total downloads will happen like in the next thirty days. And oh
1: my god. And as
0: We'd I'm have saying, a party. <sighs> party. I, no, because I can't. Because when I see that, I think. Like I did 5 million this year. Like I wonder if I could do 10 million next year. And then you start thinking about how to do that. How do you make content that helps people? Because when it helps people, they'll want to share it with somebody. When they share it with somebody, they'll reach 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people. And those will be more people who will have the moment in their life where they can say, Dear Scott, I found this podcast, blah, blah, blah. And that, that part I don't care about. The part I care about is when they say, my A1C went from this to this. And my time and range went up. And I'm happier and healthier. And I have more energy. And like those come constantly, you yeah. You know, and so when you know the content's going to work, it's the burden of everyone, right? Like it's it's like it means oh, more. To, it means more to me because I know it helps somebody. And so you just it's always about like how do I find more people to help, and you know even that I've found a way to. Although I guess there are people who know me would say that that's not true. I am very competitive with the like with the idea of reaching more people and helping more people. So I've taken my competitiveness and put it into a positive thing. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, so I one of the things I wanted to tell you was that after I was in the ICU, I didn't learn anything. You know, and I'm sitting there like, you know, i got cerebral edema and my eyes are just like looking underwater for it just kind of boom happened when I, they moved me from the ICU to the floor And I'm like, what's wrong with my eyes? Nobody's paying attention to my eyes. (laughs) It's like, that's what I fixated on. I'm like, I can't see. How am I going to function? And everybody's just like, you know, you like, you have diabetes. It'll go away. It'll be fine. You know, whatever. And I had a CDE come in and sit down and say, it's because the sugar is going into the lens of your eyes. And that's like osmosis and it's drawing water. And because like sh- water follows sugar and that it like expands the lens and distorts everything. So I ended up going into boot camp with her because I was like, I don't know shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love the comments on your podcast where people are like, nurses don't know anything. And I'm like, yeah. And they tell us that too at nursing school. They're like, don't ever, huh. ever, ever assume you know more about diabetes than a patient that's had it for 40 years. Mm-hmm. If they have a pump, they know more than you. You will never know anything. Don't take that pump away from them. Don't challenge them. They know you will learn from them. That's how you're going to. I mean, but I went to a good nursing school, so. (laughs) I wish everybody got that lecture. But yeah, she taught me exactly why. And then she's like, go and get um, a bunch of those like little optical reader glasses that you can get at like CVS or Walmart or whatever. So it's like a box of them because my vision would change every day. And this is a really inexpensive solution. I'd just be like, hmm, am I going to be 1.2
2: magnification
1: or 1.75? You know,
0: how long did that go on for
1: three months? Wow. So I couldn't drive for three months. It was horrible. I'd ask my friends to drive my kids to school and my mom. And I mean, like I was a burden. Mm-hmm and that cde talked about your podcast and that's how i found it and so while i was blind i'm like eh, you know i'm just going to listen to this yeah. <laughs> nothing
0: else. i can't see anything so i'll try to i see anything, so. so i just yeah. like
1: and and it was like your voice was like and your podcast was like my lifeline cuz like i just really they just don't teach you anything in nursing they don't and and mm-hmm. in medicine medical school like it, it there's too many diseases out there. There's so many. And I know that the T1D is a really big deal now. And I really wish I could go back to all my patients I had that had T1D and apologize and be like, I just thought you took insulin and it was fine. (laughs) You know, know? (laughs) here I am like, Oh my God. I had no idea, no idea how hard it is and what a steep learning curve it is and how much it affects the people around them. And 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 how little knowledge is out there really and conflicting it, it, information and so
0: like it occurs... oh, i'm sorry you were gonna say something nice about me go ahead do that first <laughs>
1: so, i mean i credit i credit your podcasts and the cd to saving my life and just like making it better you know wow.
0: well, and... I'm, glad it, I'm glad it helped
1: It did. It really did. And then finding the Facebook community was just huge. Because it was like, oh, there's all these people with it. And they're doing okay. Okay, so if I'm just, like, patient, and I get my levels under control, then like, I will get better. And I was religious about it. You know, I got a Dexcom, like, two weeks in or something, Mm -hmm. which I had to really fight for. (laughs) But um, I was able to get from 13.8 to 5.8. Now I had like some lows, so that's why it was a five point eight but um that's how fast you know I was learning and trying to figure this whole thing out, you know, yeah. and it was well, like I, I just learned so much from the podcast that that I really attributed it to keeping me alive.
0: oh, well, I'm so you're welcome. are you trying to say thank you?
1: I'm trying to say thank you well,
0: <laughs> I I could see you were never gonna get to it, so you're welcome. <laughs>
1: You're like say
0: thank you. <laughs> no, you no, I I don't mean that. No, we're, I mean it can be no, hard. No, I know, to, to I, say know that. I know, I Yeah, it can be hard to say that. So, um I appreciate that you that you had that experience and that it was valuable for you because it, you know, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, I don't know what I meant when I made the podcast the first time. Like I wasn't sure. All I knew was that I'd written these blogs
2: mm-hmm.
0: that were helping people and that people weren't reading blogs anymore. So Oh, uh, like, that's again I wrote a book about you became like the
1: floppy disk
0: <laughs> I was, well <laughs> I, I I saw myself go on the way of the dodo with that blog, right because people <laughs> I don't know what happened to all of you, but nobody reads so you know, like it just it fell apart i actually it's when the it's when the internet got more clickable
2: mm-hmm.
0: like so you know you don't you can take in information without taking in words and then people are like, I don't want to read uh, so um, I don't want to read and and so they weren't. And I, I luckily, I I keep saying this. I keep thinking maybe she'll hear it, but probably not. Mm -hmm. I'd written a book about something, not about diabetes. And I found myself, like, on the Katie Couric show, and I got done. Oh, that was
2: the She pulled me
0: aside, and she's like, hey, you're really good at talking to people. And I was like, oh, thanks. And so when that happened, that just jumped back into my head like a year and a half later when I thought, oh, I'm losing, like, blogging's going to hell this is going to mm-hmm. end. And as I thought about it, I was like, I really don't want this to end, but I think it is because I went from like 1.8 million clicks a year and it was falling. And I was like, it's not me. I'm still amazing. It's that people, <laughs> <laughs> that people really aren't reading. And then I thought, well, Katie yeah. Kirk said I was good at talking to people. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll try a podcast. And so that's yeah, really and how Yeah, you've it got
1: happened. like the voice for it too. Well, so, it does make helpful. it easier.
0: I, I have to tell you, like there are – I don't. I don't think you're wrong. I think I've listened to podcasts before where I don't jive with the person's voice, and yeah, you kind of can't do it. So, and there are people who don't like my voice. I've gotten emails. Really? I like the content. I don't like your voice, and I was like, okay, I like the content. I don't like your personality. That one hurts a little more. Um, so, <laughs> you're like, well, uh,
1: i am not going to make everybody? Uh, happy.
0: My mom says I'm all right, so go to hell. And so, but, <laughs> but but no, but and again, my favorite ones are I hate that guy. But the podcast is so valuable, I listen to it anyway. Like, I think of you people. I, I saw that comment. <laughs> I love those. Those are my favorite. Like, because I just, I laugh inside, thinking that right now someone's listening. And, and, and not only do they hate me, but now I'm telling them I know it. And they're like, and I'm still going to listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and then just, if you st- if you step back. I'm going to make money.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Tick, it tickles me to no end. So you hate me. And I, there's an ad in this episode that I paid my electric bill with. So
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> but you just don't look.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, I, you know, I get, I get that. Everybody can't like every. I'm going to tell you something right now. I listen to a podcast. I hate the host. Really? I hate her cadence. I hate her voice. I hate her sense of humor. There's mm-hmm. nothing about her that I find enjoyable, but I listen to that podcast because it teaches me about something I need to know. So I I am that person. Wow. Like I am you. If if you're listening and you're like, I hate this guy, but goddamn, my A1C is good. Like, like, so I,
2: I, <laughs> I'm totally in the same...
1: I'll just like deal with my irritation yeah. to get a good A1C. I am
0: actually in the same situation with another podcast, just so you all know. I listen to a podcast, I hate the host. The podcast is valuable. So yeah. And I don't hate by the way, I don't hate her, I'm sure she's fine. Just there's a lot about her that doesn't jive with what I want to be listening to, aesthetically. That's all. She there are times. May I? There are times that she'll laugh, and I'll I'll say out loud, "I'm by myself," and I'll say out loud, "Oh, shut up! That's not funny." (laughs) Or (laughs) where she starts telling a story, and I'm like, "Oh my god, wrap it up! Jesus Christ!" (laughs) And I know people are listening to me and having the same thought, so it makes me laugh twice anyway got
2: like
1: um tiktok versus youtube right we're getting so impatient that it's like you have to have this like you know
0: well listen really in a, in a perfect world in
1: instant gratification or whatever yeah, you know yeah.
0: in the perfect in a perfect world i'd get the host that i like to listen to but turns out she's the only one making the content yeah it's valuable to me and so I put up with the fact that I don't want to be friends with this person, although she seems delightful. And I'm sure that's how other people see this. Like, they probably don't think I'm funny or whatever, but they've been listening for a while. They're seeing a good health response. I'm like, all right, well, listen, I, I, I'll, you know, I can do that. Having said that, there's a person one time that Arden came on once. And I think in the course of the conversation, she said that she doesn't believe in God. Right. Yeah. And I got notes from people who are like, I can't listen to this anymore.
1: And oh my like, gosh, are you
0: kidding um, me? I'm like, that's fine with me. I mean, you know, you are the same person who wrote me six months ago to tell me that you're A1C's and the fives, but I mean, if this <laughs> is the, if this is the cut your nose off despite your face, like, line you want to draw on the sand, I was like, okay, whatever. Um, But uh, I just mean, like, things like that happen. People it's are so
1: funny, though. It's like, oh, man. It's
0: understandable, don't you think? I mean, I get it. it yeah, me, and I so.
1: think. I've been challenging myself the past couple of years to like broaden my circle of friends and like what I listen to, to -hmm. be not just what I like, because then I'm creating this place where I'm just shutting myself down and having like internal bias. And then I'm not like evolving and growing as a person. So that's what I did with all the, you know, three years I was like yes I'm gonna evolve as a person because <laughs> there's really nothing else I can do
0: <laughs> we're just sitting yeah. here I, I have just to tell you I did, as crazy as it sounds I did the same thing a couple of years ago I yeah. I, so I what did it with, you to do yeah I, I took a, a po- it was a podcast and mm-hmm. I thought I don't think I agree with the host yeah. but people seem to like it and I'm gonna listen through it and so yeah. the host would ideas. And I started to realize that there are things that I generally disagree with and I'd have like this, like, I mean, I don't want to call it triggered, but like you, it was, uh, it was an overreaction. Like yeah. you'd say something and I'd be like, that's not right. And then I'd realize, "Oh, I don't know if that's not right or it just doesn't seem right to me. And that's exactly a, an important distinction. So I started listening more to force myself to hear opinions that I didn't agree with. And that, that was helpful. Yeah. It's you know.
1: very helpful because it helps you understand the world better. I think that you know you're like, oh, that's why the, like people are doing that. Now I get it. You know, before I was just like, I don't understand how somebody could do that. You know, like, well, and eventually, and, and now it's like, oh, you know, if I listen to the other side of things, it's like, you know, if you really ask somebody like, what's their opinion on a controversial topic, and be like, this is a safe space. I'm not going to judge you. Like, I just want to hear your side of the story. And if yeah. you just listen, it's like it really expands your horizons, I think.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and you, it teaches you not to be judgmental as well. I just did a, yeah. an episode. I just did an episode a week ago that I'm going to put out in a couple weeks. Um where I talked to the mom of a type 1 girl. And 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 this mom has two daughters. They're both <laughs> trans. And Ugh. so like it was like a I had this, what I thought was a really interesting conversation where I'm trying to learn about how they think about things and, you know, like get immerse myself in a world I don't know very much about. And I got done and I thought this, that was really good. I can't wait to put that out. And then a week later I was like, am I going to get in trouble for this? Like, cause I don't understand, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And yeah. then I realized, I'm like, I don't care. Like it was, is an honest conversation and I, I was honestly learning and someone yeah. else will learn, will learn too. And so I, I will absolutely put it out and it's
2: yeah i
0: don't know like you just have to be able to get involved and hear someone say something and go i completely disagree with that it doesn't make <laughs> it wrong and i'll tell you like you can pick yeah. the most bombastic example right like the abortion argument is a, is it is a great way to like i understand oh, yeah. pro choice people uh, opinion and i understand pro life people's opinion yeah. and i don't think i don't think understanding that a person's a pro life person says, "Look, you're killing a baby if you have an abortion, right?" Like right. That, that that they say that, and, and that I think, well, and that the other side thinks, like, well, well, I'd I'd want to protect the mother and bigger and bigger picture issues, and I think those things are important, and, and you can be right all about that about all of that. It right. doesn't make what they said wrong
1: right it's like yeah. you can have different opinions and yet still respect each other and have like give i don't know i have this thing where i just feel like i should give everybody that i interact with dignity and respect it's like a basic human right i know i'm yeah. weird but
0: no no no. but but the, the the point is is that both sides can be right yeah and it's just that you've decided that the things you care about in this argument are more important than the things you don't care about. So you fall on a side of it. And they yeah. feel the same exact way. And just because you're comfortable with your decisions doesn't make their decision wrong. It just means that they find more value in the parts mm-hmm. of, the, of the discussion that they decided to take seriously. And, and no one sees that. Everybody's like, well, I think this, so that's wrong. Or, right. you know, and that's not the truth. Like, you, you can... These are not mutually exclusive things. Both sides, right. are, both sides are right. They just care about the de- more. The details they care about are different. That's all. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But
1: totally. Um, yeah. No, I recently or it was like a week after Roe v. Wade was overturned. I went to my stepdad. His profoundly uh, pro-life, but he doesn't ever talk about it. Like he just votes that way, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. and you know, like I've known him for you know, 30 years and we just never talked about it. And I sat down with him and it was like, you know what? I really want to hear why you're pro choice. I mean, or pro life. And yeah. I just want to hear like your logic behind it and what that experience was like for you, because he lived through when it was, you know, when 1973. Right. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, I just believe as a scientist that life begins at conception. And so that's just my belief. And and yeah. I can't get that out of my head. And who am I to tell people what to do with their body or whatever? But I just can't get that out of my head. And I was like, wow, that's just amazing that after 30 years, I finally sat down with him and was like, this is a safe place. I want to hear your experience. Because he was like. It just happened, and then pe- you know people were going to clinics, and it was just shocking for him, like almost it, it, traumatic.
0: Probably and, to learn that his opinion wasn't that your opinion, that other people's opinions don't matter. That, that right. you know what I mean? Like he he's that in his mind he's not anti women or anti choice or anything like that. Right. That's not that's not how he processes the situation. That's yes. not how
1: You're, he processes it. That's just, the,
0: by the way. That's true for everything. So just. Imagine, right? Listen, I'm in charge of watching over 33,000 people talk to each other online. Whenever someone argues, it's never for the reason they think they're arguing. And you can step back as a third party and watch it and go, Oh, I see what happened here. This Mm -hmm. hit this person hard. This person doesn't think that that should be the way they took it. And now everybody digs their heels in and then they're going to argue. And I mean, obviously not the same thing as talking about big, big issues, but it's still, it's still the idea. Like, there's, I, I want to say that there's no right or wrong. There's just yeah. version, there's just, like I said, there's salient details about a, a topic that mean more to you than the other salient details. And then there's someone on the other side where that's, right. that's flip-flopped. And then you go, well, you're wrong. They're not wrong you know, it's, you could, I mean, I had that conversation with that mom. Like, I, I understand when people say things like, you know, like, like that seem anti-trans, like it, it it's, it hits their brain that their brains like can't process it. And then right. you hear them, you hear the mom talk about the same topic from her perspective. And I go, Yeah, that's, that makes a thousand percent, that makes a hundred million percent Sense to me. Like, I don't know how anybody right. could argue with that. You know what I mean? And then the person on the other side's like, well, here's this thing that makes a hundred million percent sense to me. I don't know how anybody could argue with this. And, <laughs> and so and then so when I, the
1: Bible gets
2: involved.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so the only way I could figure out how to like push myself past it was to listen to people that I abjectly disagreed with. And to try to find their opinion. It didn't make me jump to their side making air quotes. No. Right, right. It just made me go, oh, I see what they're, I see why they're thinking about like this.
1: Yeah. Like, like, they're not bad people because I used to just say, oh, they're just bad people that just, they have a different opinion. It was like such a young thing to say. But, you know, like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know, it's not so black and white. Yeah. And I think one of the things that happened during the pandemic was that, um, My son actually said this, that it's like, we've become tribalism. (laughs) So people found, you know, their people and then they just stuck together. And I think that's one of the bad things that's happened. But there are some good things because there are people like you and I that are, that can see past that and like step outside of it and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Mm Well, you can just argue anything to the end of the earth, right? And oh, and we, yeah. And we slogan things so well. We're so good at sloganing things that <laughs> – that you because, like, right, I'll just – the first one that pops into my head is meat is murder. Oh, and you're yeah. Like, right? You're like, oh, my God, it is. They killed the cow. You, you know, like, like – right. and, then, and then you're just – you're like, a cow such a sweet animal. And, and, like, I'm not certain that's right or wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then someone comes along and says, listen – we've developed over hundreds of thousands of years to eat meat and and yeah. and we're carnivores and you go, "Huh, oh, that makes sense too." And then yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it, it just goes back and forth and you think like, you know, if you go out to a ranch in the middle of the Midwest where they're ranching cattle and and I don't know, they're branding the cattle, there's somebody who's going to come along and go, "Oh my god, that's you can't brand the cattle." People have been doing yeah. that for forever so they don't lose their cattle. Yeah, yeah, right? And and here we all are. And then you go, and then you can just, if you and I wanted to start arguing about that, I could just assign a side of the argument to you. You wouldn't even need to agree with it. And you could actively and impactfully argue that side of it because there's so many details and slogans and concepts that you can't, you know, mm-hmm. you can't disagree with. Like, you're right. It's crazy. Although, isn't it interesting? Like, I bet you... The the meat is murder crowd is probably the pro choice crowd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. But yeah. and, and then the the pro life crowd might be the um or what is it? The uh
2: Well that the penalty.
1: Pro-life. You know, yeah, like right, right. it's always because exactly. it's like, wait, but I, I don't understand yeah. the logic there. I'm right. sure there is some. Like, I just, yeah, I just don't and,
0: get that's, it. and that's, and that's <laughs> what, and that, by the way, when that happens, that's how the other side digs their heels in. They're like, so you're pro life, but pro death penalty. So we can't kill a baby, but we can kill it. You've heard this argument, right? Oh, like, yeah. And, like... and then you hear it over and over again to the point where you're like, well, that must be a rule too. And mm-hmm. then that's, anyway, the point is, if I may, no one's right and no one's wrong. And just leave everybody I the hell alone. <laughs> just, I like, know. just go live your I... life, you know?
1: People arguing on the internet is just such a funny thing, though, because it's like, you know, they get so worked up, and it's like, this is just, you know, a, a medium to read things, and we assign emotional value to words, you know, and... It's just also, a freaking computer.
0: <laughs> also, that, that if, also
1: is pointing you into your own little bubble right. with the machine learning, you know? So it's like.
0: Yeah. Also, what you're fr- there's is only is a that. fraction of people are actually on the internet, which is hard to believe. Like, so. Oh,
2: that's wild.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Only a fraction of people are on the internet. So most people mm-hmm. don't give a shit about the argument you're having. They don't have their. Uh, they get up in the morning, they're feeding their kids, they're going to their work. They don't have time to decide if it's okay that a trans man is swimming in a thing against other women. Like, or if, you know, which is an example that came up in the other episode, or if you're having an abortion or not, or if like, they they don't, they don't care. (laughs) They're, they're working, you know? So it, it gets focused and you start thinking, well, the opinions I'm seeing in this space are everyone's opinion, but it's not true. It's the opinions you're seeing in that space are the opinions of people who would find themselves in that space, right? So, yeah, like, and
1: that's like its own kind of bias, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Like, you, like if you're on Twitter, you think you're on Twitter with the whole world. You're not. You're on Twitter with people who it occurred to to go on Twitter. And there are plenty of people who it would never occur to to go on Twitter, and they may have different opinions than yours. Or like you know, as an Absolutely. example. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, no one's right, no one's wrong. Shut up. That's it. I'm not yeah. right either. Yeah.
1: You like, need to you yeah. need to put that on your Facebook page right now because like some of them are.
0: <laughs> no one's. Oh well. <laughs> no. See now, it's <laughs> Christmas. Oh, it's and Christmas and yeah. So here's what happens at Christmas: everyone's anxiety goes up, and they get chippy. Yep. You know, chippy. It's a hockey term, I think. Um, just you know. And so every year around this time, I just put up a message about Christmas. I just saw that. (laughs) I'm going to read it, and then we're going to get done here. So um, I I said, the goose is getting fat. Christmas is coming, and that can mean only one thing. It's time for me to remind everyone that this time of year can come with heightened feelings. Please remember to offer your fellow travelers the benefit of the doubt. Communication is key. It is highly unlikely that anyone is with you. Peace oh yeah,
1: I remember that, and I totally laughed laugh
0: that you said with you. <laughs> <laughs> I said peace on earth and all of that, and if you know, all the peace on earth and
1: all that. Yeah, yeah. It, that it, was it, like just, your best post
2: in a while.
0: But it's interesting, like to to be involved in something like this over time, you start seeing how cyclical things are.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's this time
0: of year. People get a little upset. This happens. And then you start seeing arguments in specific areas pick up. You're like, oh, it's time for them to argue about this again. It's interesting. Trust me, your free will is not as free as you think it is.
1: That's so true. Yeah.
0: Christmas is coming. You get upset. You can't afford something. You're thinking about having to get back together with your family that you don't want to get back together with. Or you want to get together with a family member, but you can't afford to travel or something. And then anxiety builds up. Then you see a lady online say they eat low carb. And you're like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I totally see that. When yeah. I see that, I'm just like, oh, my God. It's all <laughs> So. I need
1: all the carbs. I need the yeah. carbs. I just want the life with the carbs. I just it's, I've done the keto diet before I was no.
0: diabetic, and like, it, well, so uh, like, it, The the food choices around diabetes are such an interesting thing. Like it, it fits so right into are passionate
1: this. Passionate about
2: it. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I'm I appreciate their passion, but shut the fuck up. Like like it doesn't. Yeah. Like I other people can eat a different way, and and if it kills them, guess what? It's their yeah. life. We live. I mean? So yeah. yeah, it's it's not it's not that hard. It's right.
1: like with what the, with that little free will they have that choice. You know, this is what just I'm going to
0: use it on. I had somebody tell me recently, like I disagree with your eating style, but I think this podcast is great. And I thought, uh, okay.
1: How <laughs> oh, are they into that? What's that guy's name? The oh, the crazy
0: diet what, guy. Well, see, uh, now you've said crazy diet guy, so I'm not going to guess anyone's name because I don't care how people eat. I genuinely don't. Like, if you hey, want to no, eat, right?
1: no, I really don't like, care. Too- Super low carb, and they need. Yeah, I don't eat think you're. Listen,
0: if you want to eat super low carb, I don't think you're crazy. I no, think it's are awesome, Thing that works for you, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like that's
1: totally <laughs> their choice. But the it's like that's Karis. Come
0: like after Bern- her. Leave me alone. It's Doctor no, Bernstein. I wasn't. Bernstein. I knew what you meant, but I wasn't going to say it. So uh, because <laughs> and, and seriously, because I don't think they're crazy. I think that they found something either. that. Yeah, they found something that works for them. I don't understand yeah. why they can't be happy when other people want to try to find a different thing that works for them too, but it's okay. And um, and meanwhile, right. that's also an over-exaggeration. Everybody who eats low-carb doesn't go online and yell at people. It's a small consortium of people who, if I'm being honest, seem like they're trying to make a living off it a little bit. And so yep. it's good to kind of keep the argument going because it draws people in. And this is where I'll tell the story that when I wrote that book I, I talked about earlier, it sold for a month like a bestseller. And I yeah. couldn't fig- I couldn't figure out why. Like I was top. I I I think I was in the top fifty on Amazon of all books, all books for wow. like a for like a week. So as this was happening, somebody contacted me and said, "You see your books like number forty six in the country?" And I'm like, "That's not right." And then I went and looked, <laughs> and it was. And I was like, "How is this happening?" So here's yeah. how it happened. There was the interview I did with Katie Couric that got reposted on. Yahoo, maybe. And mm-hmm. oh made,
1: Yahoo, bless Okay.
0: Him. And it made its way to the front page of Yahoo. And people oh. could comment on it. And an argument ensued that if I was a stay-at-home father, it meant I was a closeted homosexual.
2: Oh,
1: wow, that was the argument.
0: That was the argument. This was like 2013. And then people would come in and oh. say, that's not true. And and then they argued with each other. And mm-hmm. while they were arguing, do you know what happened? It
1: explodes, people, right? People
0: bought the book.
1: People buy the book because they want to yes. read, well, what's this about? You
0: know? So my wife says to me, does it bother you that this argument's happening around you? And I was like, no. And, and <laughs> bonus, people are buying the book. And so I think of that the same way with these arguments about how people eat. Like, you don't see, you never see just a guy Arguing with somebody about you shouldn't eat carbs. You'll see a guy who's got a Facebook page about low carb and he mm-hmm. likes to coach people about it or he's selling a video or he wants yep. to get you back to his YouTube or something like that. Those people are happy to argue because that argument mm-hmm. gins up eyes. Then there's a bunch of eyes in there and then they grab some of the eyes. Yep. And, and those and eyes become there's money behind of that. <laughs> and, then there's, and, the, and there's money behind that. So that's totally. – That's how you see it happen. I can even think of people who run great Facebook groups around an idea that is not monetized, and those people are not argumentative. The people who are argumentative are are monetizing something somewhere. Because as long as the people are arguing about whether or not I'm gay, some percentage of those people go by the book. So we argue about how we eat, Ah. and some percentage of those people end up on my website or at someone else's website, and they're buying a 6 week course on how to do something or they're donating to their 501c3 about how they eat or something trust me it's there's, yeah happening. there's
1: undercurrents of everything with mm-hmm. the whole influencer thing yeah.
0: so when you get caught up in those arguments just realize that you have been purposefully drawn into that argument by someone who just wants your ip address or mm-hmm. IP or something like that so anyway that's all I have for you. This was good. You good?
2: <laughs> yeah. I
0: gotta. St- I, I'm out of time, so I gotta stop. Yeah, gotta you got to- go
2: take care of your kids, man. I gotta
0: figure out what Cole wants, and I gotta get to a meeting in a little bit. So yeah, um, it's no, my I last it was one.
1: such a pleasure talking to you. I just want you to know that uh, keep doing what you're doing and sending out, you know, positive energy in the world where not everybody does.
0: Well, you're and very we're kind. making a also- difference. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> you should know that I tried two different tactics with you because you are like, you have a lot of energy. Yeah. Right. And so I tried matching your energy and that didn't work because sometimes <laughs> sometimes if you match it, like everybody levels. And then so then yeah. I tried going opposite. So people who are still listening can think about this. Then I tried going opposite of you to see if I could draw you towards me. It was just an exercise for me. So I didn't which care. one works? Neither of them. You blue bass both of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's that sounds like me, absolutely.
0: Neither of them worked. I thought maybe I could cuz I wanted you like 10% less. And so, yeah. it's okay by the way. You were terrific. But I but I I thought, "Oh, I'll match her and then she'll she'll feel my energy and come down." That didn't yeah, work. And then and I was I go, like oh, I'm like I'll go real low key and I'll try to pull her towards me, and that didn't work either.
1: That's it's cuz I am like this daughter of a very powerful woman. <laughs>
0: Oh, you're so, fighting, you fight for your space a lot.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah. I, or I got that modeled to me. So I'm not afraid to speak up. And it gets right. me in trouble all the time. <laughs> not,
0: not to me. I, um, I know. It's yeah, like, yeah, I'm not in trouble.
1: I yet. have something to say. And so, you know, so as does everybody else. And sure. yeah. So, I mean, That's I think amazing. it's great.
0: Good for you. No, yeah, I, guess, like, I thought uh, you were great.
1: I think the one thing that I forgot to mention was like the whole link between COVID and diabetes, because people are going to be like, why is this? Why are we talking about
0: COVID? Oh yeah. That is what you wanted to come (laughs) on for. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I I totally forgot until just now when you're like, I'm out of time.
0: Give it, give it to me. Go ahead.
1: So there's all these studies out. Um, I find them interesting. I don't know if that's what caused me to get it. I think it is. My doctors think it is, but they've done a study with 200,000 people and it was saying that people got COVID had like a two times as likely chance to then go on and develop either type one or type two down the road about mm-hmm. six months af- thereafter. And I found that just like fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: listen, a virus is-
2: they're kick weird. your
0: kick they kick your immune system in and if you're predisposed to type one, then you might be thinking, listen, I, I'm not gonna huh? lie to you. My my son got COVID and I was like, Oh, come on, come on, man. Oh, right. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're and like, no, so, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like, and, <laughs> and it's only been, yeah. It's only been a couple of months since he got it. So I mean, I'm having said that, most of the people I've had on who were COVID then type one, it happened pretty quickly. Um, yeah. But that's that's anecdotal. Like, that's just the people that I've spoken to so far.
2: But yeah. anyway,
0: we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's just, I mean, and there's arguments that the virus actually attacks beta cells. And then, you know, other scientists are like, no, it doesn't. And so who knows?
0: Yeah. Back to our original conversation. Or actually, our fourth conversation. Trust me, they <laughs> don't know.
1: I mean, I think the one we had was better. So, yeah, no, I just think it's funny how... There's so many different kinds of diabetes. I did not know that. There's like 10 or something last time I Mm -hmm.
0: checked. and I did an episode about that. There's like an endless, there's endless types of diabetes. Endless list. Yeah, yeah.
1: I had a roommate at this diabetes retreat I went to in Costa Rica, and she had MID. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's mitochondrial inherited diabetes that comes with deafness
0: okay isn't That's that great, wild yeah. no it's not because jenny and i did an episode about it and we could oh, have gone on did, for we like could have gone forever yeah. oh my god like there's diabetes type 8 or something i forget but it's it's an oh i know like type 3 to.
1: and i mean it just opened my mind and my eyes to like how different it is and yet how we're all kind of going through the same thing so back to your original point of you know this I see this a lot on your Facebook page, like, let's get rid of the type twos. And I'm like, that's, you know, 90% of this.
0: (laughs) So it's interesting that you, it's interesting that it appears to you that way because I have my, I think it's that if you see a couple of people say a thing, you think, oh, I hear that all the time. But I I see, I, I see all of it and I've only heard it a couple of times. But it is a weird thing that it strikes me. It's like like I don't want type two people here because we're talking about type one. And I keep pointing back to the type two people who've been on the podcast and say, like, listen to these people who have, you know, needed insulin as type twos and and how they're basically managing just the same way you do and how much exactly. better they're doing. You know? So it's it's about insulin. If you're using man made insulin, the podcast should be valuable to you. Exactly. That's what I think. So, all right. I have to go. This was lovely. Thank you very much. Hold on <laughs> one for second for me. me. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> A huge thanks to Karis for coming on the show and sharing her story with us. Thanks to AG1, drinkag1.com forward slash Juicebox, And, of course, Touched by Type 1, who you can find on Facebook, Instagram, and at touchedbytype1.org. You've got to check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It's a private group that now has, I think, 43,000 members in it. It's jumping. So many posts, questions, statements, ideas, and things that you'll dig on and enjoy reading more about. You might even want to jump in. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Don't forget that Diabetes Pro Tip Series begins at episode 1,000 in your player and goes to 1,026. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.